But what happens is when we're divorced from our true nature, once again, like we're not eating the foods we're supposed to, which can cause inflammation, heart disease, cancer, memory loss, infertility, then our body is again confused. And this chronic state of inflammation ensues because the body is just not going to give up on you. The body is going to continue to try. Your body loves you. She's designed to take care of you and she's not going to stop laying down that inflammation. She's not going to stop calling in those troops until it's just done. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today, I am thrilled to bring you a woman who, like many of us, has overcome illness in her life. And because of that healing journey, she has been inspired to create a powerful movement. Razzie Berry is a force of nature and on a mission to educate women about getting to the root cause of their health concerns. Our conversation today explores the connection between relationships and hormones and how our relationship interactions can change our cellular and hormonal communication. Now, I invited Razzie to come onto the Essentially You podcast to explore a unique perspective on how our interactions and relationships can play a big role on how our hormones relay messages in the body. But before we dive into this deep and thought-provoking conversation, I want to take a moment and say thank you so much for listening in. Over the last several weeks on the podcast, I have shared a special invitation to join me on the Essential Oil Hormone Summit. As you may know, there has never been an event like this in the essential oil world, and I'm so happy to report that it was an incredible success. We had a little over 50,000 attendees. We raised over $150,000 for Days for Girls, which completely blows my mind because I had been wanting to come up with a way to raise money for Days for Girls for many years now. And it finally came to a reality this fall. Now, if you got a chance to register and listen to the interviews, I just want to say thank you so much. I hope that you walked away feeling empowered because there is so much that we can do and that we have control of when it comes to our health. And that's why I love using essential oils. You know, they make daily healthy rituals so much easier to maintain. Now, if you did get a chance to listen to the interviews and glean some wonderful takeaways, I really want to invite you to share it with someone you love. See, my number one goal to creating this event was to create a ripple effect. I wanted the information that was presented in the interviews to not only serve you, but to be passed along so that those big takeaways could also serve somebody else. And that's why I also tied the event to Days for Girls. I wanted to extend the reach of the summit to impact girls in developing countries so that they too were empowered in their reproductive health. Now, if you missed the Essential Oil Hormone Summit, there is still time to get full access to it. You can actually own the entire library of 29 powerful interviews, plus the incredible bonuses, including all of the protocols that were shared in the interviews for only $57. Now the money raised goes to Days for Girls 
And you also get this beautiful collection of hormone solutions at your fingertips. Now, I will link to this event in the show notes, or you can go to drmarisa.com slash episode 43. I believe that the summit is only going to be available until tomorrow night. So if you are interested in not only making a difference in Days for Girls, but also getting these incredible solutions in your hands, you can just head on over during the interview or even after the interview. And I just want to say thank you so much for deciding to take advantage of this incredible event. Now let's jump into my interview with Razzie. But first, as you know, I want to sing her praises. Razzie Berry is an insightful thinker, inspiring speaker, and intuitive business consultant. Her projects uniquely capture the tradition and philosophy and naturopathy, the healing power of nature, the vital force in everything living, and the undeniable role that science and the mind-body medicine has in creating health and overcoming disease. She is the founder and publisher of the award-winning publication, Naturopathic Doctor News and Review. She's also the producer of the Natural Cancer Prevention Summit, the Heart Revolution Organization, the Sugar-Free Summer, and she is the founder of Love is Medicine podcast. So she has got a lot going on, and she has created such an incredible movement with her passion around getting to the root cause of everything when it comes to our health and wellness. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Razzie Berry. Oh my goodness, girl. I have been waiting so long to get you on this podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Maritza, and I'm really excited to be here. And I want to tell your audience why, if that's okay, why I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I would love it. So in the field that you and I both work in, Maritza, we meet all kinds of amazing people, healers and champions for health. And there's a lot of fantastic people. And there's also a lot of people that are just brands and they all do great work. But when I connected with you, like you, Maritza, and your brand are really one really true heartfelt, big bundle of love. When I met you in person, it totally matches who you are in your podcast, in your books. And it's just so refreshing and delightful to be in the energy of someone like you. Oh, thank you. Well, I feel 100% the same way from the moment I met you. One, I had known all of the incredible work that you have done for women and people around this planet. But then getting to connect with you in person, I was like, oh my goodness, she lives and breathes and loves everything that she does and touches. So uh, the feeling is mutual. And we today, we're going to be talking about, I know we're going to have the most amazing and fabulous conversation. And we're going to be kind of interweaving this conversation around how relationships impact our hormones. But before we get into this great conversation, I want would love for you to just take a moment because I know a little bit about your story, but I know my audience doesn't. Tell me a little bit about your path into wanting to serve in this way, showing up for people when it comes to health and wellness, particularly for women. It started really as a young girl, as a teenager, when I was dying of heart failure. It's in the hospital dying of heart failure. And the family priest came in and gave the last rites ceremony, which is, you know, you have baptism when you're born in the Catholic tradition that I was raised in. And then the last rites is sort of the baptism of death. So my heart was failing and heart failure is when your heart just no longer is strong enough to really mediate all the blood flow that your body needs. And there's no cure for that. 
And then I had a transformative experience that was, some people would call it a near-death experience. I only know what the experience was, and I, I try not to label it, but I healed. And prior to that, any way I healed came from, you know, the doctor giving me a medication or a shot or a procedure of some sort. And in this case, nothing the doctors did were able to help me. Now, the reason that I had the heart failure was because I had anorexia nervosa. So I was literally breaking my own heart because I wasn't giving myself the self-love and self-care. I was not fully embodied. I later on learned, and that's what a lot happens with a lot of disordered eating, whether it's binging or overeating or comfort eating or what have you. So that experience kind of planted the seed to ask, you know, where does healing really come from? And then later on, you know, I searched as we all do. And later on, as an adult, I found these principles of healing that are found in the tradition of naturopathy. And that's really where it all began, because naturopathy honors this idea of a vital force, that there is this vital life force in all living things. Some people call it God. Some people call it love. Some people call it the universe. And naturopathy, this really old tradition, honored that. And I just decided to make it my work. That is so beautiful. And you were go- while you were going through these, this kind of this phase and learning these principles, was it connecting in? To, were you finding self love at that moment? Were you realizing that it was all interconnected? Would you talk a little bit about kind of that exploration of of figuring out that worthiness of of recognizing that connection between healing and that self love? Oh, Marita, that's such an important question. Thank you for that. So when I had the eating disorder and other times in my life, you know, other ways that we sort of divorce from ourselves, right? We're outside of our true nature. So in something like disordered eating, again, whether it's just making bad food choices or or binging or comfort eating or emotional eating, we're not fully embodied. We're not in our body. A lot of traditions, especially with regard to your mental health, whether you're struggling from trauma or relationships or just any sort of like rejection or isolation or disappointment, a lot of what we're told by conventional medication and psychiatry is really all focusing on the mind, on the head. And with that transformative experience I had, it wasn't that experience of going or having this experience of maybe somewhere out there, so to speak. But it was when I sort of came back into my body, I suddenly realized that the experience of healing, of living, of of loving and being loved happens inside our body. And we tend to not focus and listen to and feel our body. And so your body is constantly giving you these messages of how to love her, how to take care of her. And when we're in our head all the time, we aren't listening to these body signals. And so the biggest lesson I've learned, and I'm no expert, I'm still on this journey with you and everyone listening to really fully embodied that. But the lesson that I learned was, yes, we are spiritual beings. We are made of stardust and all these wonderful things. But right now, our only way to experience that is embodied and with our relationships to each other, the world around us, and with ourselves, most importantly. Oh, I love that. And gosh, that is such a 
would you say that when you're working with women or you're working with people that that is a very challenging lesson for them to learn or know? That's another great question. It's a challenging lesson because we just aren't taught um, how to do that. We're not taught in grade school, for instance, like how our body system works. We aren't taught that. We aren't taught that our consciousness is probably non-local to sound a little woo, but it is through the experience of our body. So where I really geek out and when I talk and work with people is that our physiology and our consciousness are completely inseparable. Now, the first time I really heard someone speak of this was through the work of the late Candace Pert, who was a pharmacologist and a cell biologist. And when she discovered the opioid receptors, which were thought to be really just in our head, but now we know we have these neuropeptide receptors in every area of our body that she discovered. And again, this is a hard line scientist. She discovered that these molecules of emotion that she called them are really this bridge between our physical experience and our consciousness. And so there's so many examples of that. And I know we're going to get a chance today to talk about some of those, the way that this sort of greater consciousness that we live and share with the world around us and with God or, or the universe and each other is constantly impacting who we are and creating our physical selves, be that like our, you know, our organs, our hormones, these chemicals that mediate our thoughts and memories. And there's just no way to separate yourself. So when we walk through the world, just in our head, we're totally cut off from this wisdom that is our birthright. I really believe that that being cut off is the cause of all disease and getting back to nature. And that's why herbs aren't the only powerful medicines from the earth, right? There's minerals and rocks and essential oils. And so that's why there's so much power in all of these things. And that's one of the things I love about the work that you do. Oh, thank you. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, this is an area of focus that I feel like you really have an understanding on, is what is really the cause of disease? And I know you just mentioned it, but could you go into a little bit more detail about that in case people are like, huh, what? And by the way, I love Candace Pert. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't it be awesome? Like people sometimes say, like, if you could have dinner with anyone that like had passed away, they're like hoping I would say like, I don't know, someone like... Nicodemus or Jesus or something. And I think like Candace Bird would be so awesome. It would be so <laughs> awesome. I just, I've read that. I just read Molecules of Emotion for the third time in June. I just love that book. And I love the way that she just tells the story. But anyway, I am totally just off on another path right now. <laughs> so let's talk then about where disease and where healing comes from. And so it does come from us being sort of divorced from our natural state. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean that we all have to go live in a yurt somewhere and get rid of all this technology that makes our lives so comfortable, but we do need to find little ways to connect because, you know, one, everything is energy and there's a real scientific basis for that. So we know that the earth gives off an electromagnetic field and the human body gives off a biofield. And you can measure, you know, the the head, the brain field from EEG, and you can measure the heart 
from an EKG. And there's ways that you can measure the heart, the field of, you know, a plant, food, animal. So everything is energy. And Dr. Robert Becker, who's now deceased, was another wonderful physician that wrote a book called The Body Electric. And he tested or he saw how salamanders when their tail was cut off could regrow their tail and so he studied that and saw that it was these electrical impulses that that part of the body gave off and that which was kind of led this cellular regrowth so if you put all of this together we see that we don't spend very much time in the earth's field and we don't pay attention to how other people's fields affect us and What's so interesting about these biofields is when you think about neurotransmission, electricity or electromagnetics are really at the basis of that. So the way cells send signals to each other is kind of like this little UPS man inside your cell with driving to the next cell and unloading this packet of information that this is all electromagnetic. And depending on the information in that electromagnetic field or quanta, it tells the cell what to do and how to do it and how much to do that. And so these are ligands and peptides that interact with the cell's surface and basically opens or closes doors. Once it goes inside, it has more information that tells the cell what to do. So if we understand this is how our hormones are produced and how they are transmitted. So when I say hormone, I mean dopamine, serotonin, estrogen, testosterone, oxytocin, everything travels through your body and is manufactured by these electrical little packets of information. And so when we are cut off from the earth's biofield, for instance, by, you know, never walking barefoot on the earth or not spending time in nature or in the sun, constantly being in artificial light and in front of your computer screen, not eating healthy plants that come from the earth that contain their own vitality, their own magnoelectric information, so to speak, that we, you know, we're missing sort of those building blocks and our bodies get kind of confused information. So it's kind of like the UPS guys delivering the wrong package and your body doesn't really know what to do with it and it can wreak havoc. Now, relationships can do the same thing. Our mood, our feelings, our emotions are also mediated by hormones and they're in everywhere in our body. Like for instance, I have kind of a cool example with regard to tears. So There have been studies that when men smelled female tears, even though they're odorless, they experience a reduction in testosterone. Now think about that. Like testosterone is an androgen, but it's also something that mediates aggression and kind of this alpha state. And when a woman cries and a man is in the vicinity of that, these tears send chemo signals that actually mediate that testosterone and offers the man, and I'm, I'm using, you know, kind of traditional heterosexual male, female, so I apologize, but that's what the studies are on. It allows the man to be more vulnerable in that moment and to be less aggressive and to show feelings of empathy. 
Other studies have shown that just watching somebody with natural tears streaming down their cheeks increases their feelings of empathy. So that's just one little example of how this is all just like a beautiful symphony of energy fields, but then it has a real impact on the physical and mechanical properties inside our cells and our organs. I love that. And I love the example of the UPS man. And no one wants packages that don't belong to them. (laughs) (laughs) We want the right packages in the right cells. (laughs) So I want to just break that down a little bit. So really what we're finding or what you're finding, Razi, is that the more and more disconnected we become from nature, from participating in in nature, the more the more that is pretty much causing disease in the body, predominantly because we're just receiving the wrong messages. Our cells are unfortunately taking marching orders from things that aren't necessarily serving us. Would that be correct? Exactly. That's beautifully said, much more elegantly said than how I just explained it. But it's absolutely true. And so Someone might be thinking, okay, well, that's tears, that's testosterone. Okay, well, what about chronic disease? Well, inflammation, it happens the same way. So when the body has an injury, so that can come from a physical injury like cutting your foot, or it can come from catching a virus or something like that from someone, or it can come from the constant barrage of stress hormones that impact your cells and tissues when you're in an abusive relationship or have a traumatic childhood, for instance. So all of these experiences create this cascade that we call inflammation, which I'm really not in love with the word inflammation, and I'll tell you why in a second, but it creates this kind of cascade of inflammation. And if we can use like a UPS truck example there, here I'll use the example of like an army. So this is like an army of soldiers each with specific jobs to do, they're supposed to go to that tissue and remodel or proliferate health back into that cellular respiration, that cellular metabolism that has gone askew from the stress, again, be it like physical, like a cut or the emotional, which is actually a hormonal. So that causes inflammation that we call it because there's this rush of all these kind of fluids and hormones and stuff going there. And so it causes, you know, an expansion in the tissue and that can be painful. But we too often blame inflammation for the cause. And that's really not the case. The inflammation is just kind of like if you call 911 and the police come and somebody comes by or you call 911 and the fire truck comes and someone rides by and there's like, there's the fire truck again. They're blaming the fire truck for the house fire. And that's not really the case. So these cytokines are mediated the same way that these other hormones are. But what happens is when we're divorced from our true nature, once again, like we're not eating the foods we're supposed to, which can cause inflammation, heart disease, cancer, memory loss, infertility, then our body is again confused. And this chronic state of inflammation ensues because the body is just not going to give up on you. The body is going to continue to try. Your body loves you. She's designed to take care of you and she's not going to stop laying down that inflammation. She's not going to stop calling in those troops until it's just done. And that's where in my experience of publishing a naturopathic medicine journal for 14 years and my own experiences of health, 
is where disease comes from. So in a nutshell, kind of breaking that down is inflammation is really a response to what either decisions that we're making or the way that we're living our life. And it's your body is just trying to repair whatever may be going down, depending on how we've chosen to live. I always think about that for hormones too. People think about hormones having this bad rap because we think about specific hormones like estrogen or progesterone or cortisol and thyroid and and how they they kind of are working against us. But I always say, well, just like we're talking about the cytokines and the peptides, hormones are simply chemical messengers that are responding to the way that we're living life. They're just trying to keep up. Yes, absolutely. And I know that since you're not only a doctor, but an expert in essential oils and hormones, that a lot of the things that we do that also distract us from nature are these artificial scents that we put on our body and we put in the air. And because of that, it's mimicking hormones. So our body gets this confused message. And we're also masking important hormones. Here's another neat thing about testosterone in relationships is that testosterone, when a female sense smells testosterone, when I say smell, there's different ways that our olfactory scents can sense scents or can sense chemicals in a person or a plant or an animal. And so one of it's smell, but there's other chemo sensors inside our, our, no, our nose. And they can actually, studies have shown that there's so much information that you can get from this chemo sensing, from this smelling. So the testosterone, when a woman smells or senses testosterone in a male, it actually causes neurogenesis in the hippocampus. So the hippocampus is the area of your brain that is responsible for learning and memory. And that's really what most of cognition is, right? You're learning something and you're remembering it so you can do it again or do it better next time or understand the world around you or understand the people that you're in a relationship or business with or what have you. So when we sort of sterilize our space and sterilize our world and cover up these scents, we're we're kind of missing that opportunity for that neurogenesis, which is so important also to our intuition because learning and memory are also important part of intuition. And so that's just another example of how we sort of get away from all these natural signals of self-understanding and health. I 100% agree. And you mentioned intuition. I want to talk a little bit about intuition because this is an area of focus. I think we, we kind of bridging towards that direction as we're having this conversation is how do we listen to our bodies just in general? How do we listen to our bodies? How do we know how to get back to nature? Because I feel like I know there were many years where I absolutely did not listen to, it felt like I didn't listen to intuition. I felt like I didn't know how to listen to my body at all and got really sick because of it. So how do we begin to tune into that intuition and begin to listen to what our bodies really need so that we we are getting the right packages, right? We're getting the right UPS men to the right place or women, UPS men and women. And we and we slow <laughs> down the army of those cytokines of the of inflammation that your body is just trying to do to protect you. Yeah, I think this is a really important question that you ask. And, you know, I can just give my answer from what my experience is. But so not only are do we not can we not listen to our bodies anymore because we're so 
we're so distracted from those signals. But we also spend a time, a lot of time listening to what other people say we should do with our body, what other people say we should eat and drink and breathe and how we should move. And we do that because we sort of lost that muscle, so to speak. It's it's like a muscle that you don't use, atrophies. And so if we think of intuition as this ability, the strength to listen to our, our body, uh, how do we get back to that is, is that question that you ask. And so what intuition is, partly a process that the body uses called interoception. And interoception is this ability, this understanding to sense your internal organs and your internal state of health, like heart rate, heartbeat, respiration. You might have heard, since you're a specialist in women's health, of this term Mittelschmerz, which is a German word that means middle pain. And Mittelschmerz is when a woman can feel herself ovulate. Mm -hmm. And so there are many signals that our body gives us that we don't listen to anymore, and it blocks our interoceptive ability. And there have been many studies on this. It shows that people with disordered eating or people with depression have a lessened sense of interoception, a lesser understanding of being able to listen to their bodies. And it even relates to business. There was a study of men who were futures traders on a London trading floor. And when you are a futures trader, you are quickly making very risky decisions with regard to money and um, not just your own money, but your client's money. So it's a very, very high stress job. And the study showed that these men that listen to their gut feeling, that just that feeling of ease inside their body, that feeling of being more relaxed and comfortable with a choice that they made, made the correct choice, made the correct purchase, had a longer career and made a lot more money. So there have been a lot of examples where this interoceptive ability has shown to be a way that all these body signals that we talked about are understood. So we know of like the gut and brain connection and we know of the heart brain connection. So I sort of call the system your three hearts. So the heart in your head, which is called the brain, the heart in your chest, which is called your heart and the heart in your gut. And all of these organs are organs of emotion. They're all endocrine. They're all hormone producing. In 1983, the heart was reclassified. You don't hear about this very often, but it's an endocrine organ. It creates many hormones. Your heart creates more oxytocin than your brain does. And your heart sends more afferent signals to the brain than vice versa. So when you can really tune in by reconnecting to nature, meaning you know eating foods that were naturally designed for us to eat, getting outside and barefoot into the earth, reconnecting with people so you can sense their chemo signals and their hormones that all help in, you know fortify your body when you get better sleep spending more time in the sun and around greenery and animals you get a better sense of this and when you do that you understand that your gut and your liver and your spleen and all of these organs are taking in data from the world around us all of our senses sight smell touch taste and then it's processed in every cell in your body, as Candace Pert found, every cell in your body has learning and memory. And then that sends signals through the vagus nerve to the brain, to the heart, and really helps coordinate health. 
And that is really largely what intuition is. I love that idea of being able to connect back in. Now, if someone someone's listening, so we have a, a woman listening right now and is wondering, what is one thing I can do to get back into my intuition? Razi, what would be the thing that you would recommend for us to do today? Something that was that, I mean, I know that this is all part of a journey and these are things that we need to be doing on a daily basis. But if we were to make one step forward towards figuring out a way to listen to our body, what would that thing be? Well, the first thing that I would say is in my research, your olfactory sense is probably one of the key ways that you can understand what your body needs, what your physiology is asking for at every moment. And it is you know, we all know that, oh, you can smell like fresh baked cookies and or remind you of your grandma, but it goes much deeper than that. And so I would say one of the most important things to do is to really start paying attention to your sense of smell. Start there. Get rid of anything in your environment that masks that. So I even go so far as when I call an Uber, I text him ahead and say, I just say, hey, I'm allergic to the air fresheners. Can you please remove that? So I really don't want to have anything like that masking my environment. So getting rid of air fresheners and deodorant, you know, scented deodorants and things like that, and really take sort of like a detox from that. And really start noticing like what you're what you're smelling. It's just a way to start reconnecting. It's not the only one, but it's an easy one to start doing to reconnect those sort of neural pathways and and vagus transmission both up and down to all the cells in your body. And it makes you become more aware of your environment in every moment. Because if we start with our sense of sight, which is important too, there's really amazing magneto electromagnetic sensors in our eyes that we used to think only animals had. But we tend to, if we start there, we'll tend to think too much. But if we use our nose, it will kind of pay attention to our body. I agree. I mean, it's amazing how powerful and profound our our sense of smell is and how connected it can be to intuition. Well, I wanted to kind of move us into, you have a little gift for us, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the idea of eating to improve intuition as well. So let's say we're, we're definitely focusing on the olfactory senses, right? Smelling and, and getting in tune with our environment. But how does eating play a role with this as well? Because I know you have this gorgeous gift that you're providing us, but I'd love a little context into what we can do in terms of connecting the dots between our food and our intuition. Yeah. So I'm not the first person to say that food is information, and but it really is. Food is like software that you download onto your computer. So whatever software you download onto your computer, that's how it's going to run. And the same with food. So you want to, of course, make sure that food all comes somewhere from the earth, whether it's through, you know, I'm not a vegan and many people listening might be. So whether it's through animals living off the earth, like pastured and whatnot, and just a lot of plant, but also to really help with that hippocampal neurogenesis that we've talked about earlier is to eat EPA and DHA rich foods in combination. So oily fishes, egg yolks, avocados, walnuts. I have a list in the gift that I'm giving. It's called You Already Know because we often ask people like, help me make the right decision. But when you eat and move through life in a way that honors this interoceptive and intuitive ability, it strengthens those neural pathways. 
so food, especially those really healthy fats, and then bitter foods are really important too. So in Eastern philosophies, we don't just digest our our food, we also digest our emotions. And this is true because as we know, emotions are not only something we feel in a heartfelt sense, but they are physical things. These emotions are coming from these physical substances in our body. And so to include bitter foods like dandelion, chard, watercress, radishes, coffee in moderation, green tea, matcha, these bitter foods help us to sort of digest these emotions. And a lot of those hormones are processed in the liver and eating bitter foods helps you create more bile and emulsify these. So they're better distributed through the body. So they're sort of recycled through the body and detoxed when they need to be. It also helps detox xenoestrogens and sort of the wrong chemical signals into your body. So those are two really important ways that you can eat to help increase your intuitive sense. I love that. And then we will get more of that also in the gift as well. I love that that connection and just kind of looking at all of the ways that this information is is fueling our body. So what you're going to do to grab Razzie's incredible gift for us, you're just going to head into the show notes or just click the link that we have available for you and you're going to get it. Now, Razzie, before we go, I have one more question to ask you. And this is a question I love to ask my wonderful guests coming on. And that is what would be, and this could maybe a hard question to answer, but what would be the one thing, the one natural solution or lifestyle habit that you do every day that you feel really nourishes your body and moves the needle for you on a day-to-day basis? Oh yeah. I love to hear people's answers on this. And mine is I wake up in the morning and the first thing that I do is I drink a glass of water that I already have by my bedside and I go outside barefoot for a minimum of 15 minutes. So I'm in the sun, no matter what type of weather it is, cold or hot here, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, barefoot on the earth. And I make sure that I'm sort of recharging that battery with the sun, you know, affecting you know, most of your body is made of water and the whole fourth phase of water is like a whole other subject. But so the sun above you and then the earth's magnetic field below you sort of sets the positive charge inside all of your physiological sort of connections. And it is just been a game changer for me to start the day that way. Oh, I love that. Oh, what an amazing way to start your day. And what an incredible way to really recharge the body and talk about living what you preach, right? That is literally living what you preach. And I think that that is a really big takeaway for people because we could at least do any one of those things, if not all of them, right, in the morning. And it just really is a testament to that beautiful morning ritual to recharge the body. Well, thank you so much, honey, for coming on and sharing your amazing wisdom and giving us some incredible analogies that I don't know, I may be stealing that UPS analogy, girl. <laughs> oh, Marita, it's been so great to have some time with you. And I can't wait till I see you in person again. Me too. We are definitely scheduling a girl's day. That is no, no doubt about that. And I, I can't wait to come visit you in, in Arizona. I'll see you soon. And everyone, be sure to subscribe here if you aren't already to the Essentially You podcast because 
Maritza is just a shining light. And to come visit you as well, Razzy Honey, Love is Medicine. That's correct, right? Yeah, I have a little Facebook group called Love is Medicine. So if anyone else listening likes this stuff, this geeky stuff, you can find me there. Oh, I love it. Well, love is medicine because that is so much truth in that. Thank you so much, honey. Thanks. Bye-bye. So what do you think? I know that I often forget that our relationships and emotions play such a big role in our health and well-being. You know, sometimes I feel like an island and I forget my impact, not only on myself, but also on the people around me. I also forget to cue into my intuition. I think we can all do that at times. We forget to listen to our gut instincts. Now, if you find yourself with some unanswered questions after this interview, or you want to just dive a little bit deeper into this conversation and get to know Razzie even more, I want to invite you to grab Razzie's amazing gift today. Now, Razzie's providing us with a way to connect deeper into our intuition, which I think is so important, but she does it in a very unique way, and that is with food. So you can grab her free gift in the show notes or head on over to drmarisa.com episode 43 and check out which foods can really help you cue in to your body's intuition and really the kind of foods that can serve you in such a mass capacity. Now, I want to always just... Thank you from the bottom of my heart for stopping by and listening into the Essentially You podcast. Now, if it's your first time listening, I hope that you are ready for even more incredible interviews that we've got coming your way. In my upcoming episode, I am featuring Dr. Becky Campbell. She is the best-selling author of the 30-Day Thyroid Reset Plan. Now, in all of the time that we've had our podcast, we have not had the opportunity to explore thyroid health like we're going to do in the next episode. So if you are concerned about how your thyroid is functioning or you're looking for a plan to ensure that your thyroid is working in just great shape, I want you to go and check out this new episode that's happening next week because I can't wait to see you there. Well, until the next episode, you guys have a wonderful day. Talk to you soon. Bye.